Welcome to the Trinity Reformed Church Podcast. Exhortation by Larson Hicks on May 15th, Lord's Day Service. Our exhortation this morning comes from Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put, in, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. In this passage, Jesus is asked a question about who will be the greatest in the kingdom of God, of heaven, and he answers by calling a child that was among them. Jesus uses the child as an example of the kind of humility that all men and women uh, must have if they put their trust in Jesus. Unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Becoming a Christian is a call to rebirth. It's a call even to death and then rebirth. Your intelligence, your accomplishments, etc. are of no worth at all unless you don't first trust Christ as a child does and be born again of water and the Spirit. And notice they were asking who would be greatest, but Jesus' first response is that you won't even enter the kingdom, let alone unless you become humble like a child. Then he makes a promise. Whoever humbles himself like this child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I always find it interesting that anytime Jesus is asked about being great or, or the greatness in the kingdom, instead of rebuking the, to, to our ears the silly, the silly uh, you know, ambitious question, he answers it seriously. And he, he equips them with, in this case, this, this secret for obtaining honor and glory and status in God's kingdom. He's teaching them a trick. Humble yourself like a child if you want to be great in the kingdom. He says similar things elsewhere when he talks about uh, the first being last or about sitting at the foot of the table. So after this, Jesus makes this statement. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. Remember, this all started with a question about who is greatest in the kingdom. Jesus' disciples want to know, how do we please you? How do we please the Father? And his response is to receive children in his name. And then you'll be receiving me. Conversely, and he also you know, makes the statement that conversely, if you don't, if you cause one of these to stumble, this will be one of the quickest ways to make God very angry with you um, by causing a, a young one to stumble. Jesus warns that if you cause a little one to stumble to sin, you may find yourself on the receiving end of one of the harshest of his curses. It would be better to have a great millstone fastened around your neck and be drowned in the deep depths of the sea. It's pretty harsh. It's a surprising answer, isn't it? Jesus, how do we be great in the kingdom? And his response is, receive children in my name or else, right? The point that I think Jesus is trying to make here uh, crystal clear is that if your heart is only set on, um, if your heart is not set on loving and caring for the next generation of his children, and you instead allow worldly concerns or career ambitions or even church ambitions to overshadow your attention to the little ones that God has placed in your midst, then you've got it wrong. 
If you were here for, uh, we, we had Toby Sumter come preach back in October, and his sermon um, was, was, was about the massive importance that God's law places on raising up faithful children. The command to stone a rebellious son to our ears simply sounds harsh, and we think, gosh, the God of the Old Testament was a jerk. I'm so glad we don't have to deal with that guy anymore, right? But no, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His law is not some harsh enemy to God's people. It's the loving Father's instructions for living a blessed and joyful life. Think about this. When you buy a car, right, you buy a, say you buy a Ford minivan, and you open up the instruction manual and read that you need to change the oil every so many thousands of miles, your response isn't, who's this, who's Ford think they are to tell me how to run my car? You know, get out of my life and let me do my own thing. No, the response is, it's Ford, it's their car. If anybody knows how that thing's supposed to run, it's Ford, right? And so in the same way, God's law is his instruction manual that he's graciously given to us as people so that we may not stumble, so that we may avoid disaster. And remember, if we had a God's eye view of history, we'd be able to see the massive blast radius of one rebellious son's sinful life, the huge crater that that creates for generations of sons and daughters that don't have a father, and the repeated cycle that you see for two and three generations. So here are the exhortations from this passage. One, humble yourself and become an obedient child. Your first reaction to God's instruction should be simple obedience, childlike faith. When you're tempted to overthink or overcomplicate simple obedience with convoluted or pharisaical systems of spiritual development, turn back to sitting at Jesus' feet and obeying. Read his word and ask him to help with everything. Become like a child. Your problems and concerns may seem like big adult problems, but you should still maintain a childlike dependence on your heavenly father. Pray without ceasing. Never cut the apron strings to the Lord. The second exhortation is this, to turn your hearts to your children, receiving them in in Christ's name. Let the little children come to Jesus. Do not restrain them. Bring them to Jesus. Bring them to worship. Bring them to his word. Bring them to his table. Encourage their faith. Parents, you need to have childlike faith in how you bring up your children. Don't overcomplicate it. And resolve to never be guilty of causing little ones to stumble in their faith. Parents, when your children grow up, One of the most common memories your children should have of you should be that you always brought them back to Jesus. When someone asks them, why are you a Christian? Pray that their response is because of my parents. They brought me to Jesus' feet over and over and showed me how to follow him. I hardly remember a day in my childhood when we were not listening to his voice, praying to him and praising him in our home. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more, check out our website at trinityreformedkirk.com. That's trinityreformedkirk.com.